0: Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, It's on repeat. This is Evan K. Uh, And Evan K. with barely a voice left. Uh, It's been a very, very crazy week. Uh, Kind of ironic because I had the most days off this week than I have had in a while. Um, But uh, yeah, it's been a crazy week of just getting things done and also the irony of how convenient it is for me to schedule this week's guest to record, but it actually was the hardest to actually lock down a time. And uh, I, but before we get into that, I wanted to kind of rewind to last week with Lena and kind of uh, share a story that has happened with me this week. That kind of pertains to last week's episode. So if you'll bear with me, uh, a couple days ago, I had to catch an Uber from a gig to another gig, which is something I don't normally do. Um, My wife and I are lucky that we have two cars. So I never really have to uh, take an Uber unless I want to, but uh, it just... So happened that this week, um Kaylin's dad had to use one of the two cars, uh, because his car was in the shop. So Kaylin and I were using one car for the past like week and a half. And that situation required me to Uber from Kakaako to Ala Moana for the two gigs I had that day. And uh, I know Lena and I were talking last week about how some people don't take what we do as musicians and creatives and artists um whether you're in the music field specifically or not um people that have kind of ad- abnormal lives or abnormal schedules or occupations or careers um certain people don't understand that and I'm about to put my Uber driver on blast because that's exactly what I had to deal with on Wednesday. And uh, I I had called the Uber. I finished my gig right on the dot. Uh, and I called the Uber the minute I was done because I only had half an hour in between my end time and my start time. I don't know why I'm that freaking crazy. But I called the Uber. The Uber is waiting outside the restaurant for me by the time I walk out and I have my gear now I have my stool my guitar and my pedal board and he starts to ask me oh so what do you do and uh and I said oh I'm I'm a musician I just finished playing in there and then he goes oh so you you like doing that and I replied with yeah you know I'm grateful it pays my bills and he goes some of the bills. And in my mind, I was ready to go off on him, but I kept it. I kept it calm. And I said, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm lucky that that's not the case. You know, I'm very fortunate that I get to do this and, uh, and make enough and make more than enough for what I need. And he goes, Oh, but you get to sleep in. And he starts berating me. And this is, by the way, just keep in mind, this is a seven-hour Uber drive. Or a seven-minute Uber drive. And uh, and he, he starts to berate me with all of these things about being a musician and how it's not um, feasible and why he thinks I'm not uh, going to make it and why I'm going to be broke and blah, 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 to where I, I had to stop him. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but that was very rude. And, you know, I, I wake up at, I wake up before seven, uh, almost every morning. And if I do, it's because if I don't, it's because I have a late night, you know, I still have adult responsibilities and I still have bills to pay and this is my job and I feel very insulted that you said that and it it messed me up for the day and then I realized that as much as I wanted to just rip this guy for being ignorant I also at the same time have to Not necessarily excuse the ignorance, but understand where the ignorance came from. You know, my there's a lot of people in my life, uh, people very close to me, that like to make jokes about, um, you know, starving artists or 11 a.m. is too early for you to be up. And, you know, I'm... All that to say is that I would love to encourage us this week to do whatever we can to better shape the culture of creativity and the culture of that pursuing your dream and making it a career is not anything less than being, you know, being an employee at a company, being an Uber driver, you know, being a manager, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I I would love your help to reshape that culture because it, it's a, th- it's a thing that I, I, at least for me, I deal with almost daily and having to feel like I'm a broken record and explain like, no, you know, I'm not like I make decent money doing this because I'm good at what I do. At least I like to think so. Da 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 da. Anyway, uh, that was my little rant for the day. And I hope we can all together, uh, give, give, uh, the, the idea of a creative career, a more legitimate standing. Uh, anyway, put that on the side. Uh, this week's guest is my lovely wife and I'm so excited for this because, uh, this is the hardest interview to schedule mainly because we both work and we both, uh, kind of miss each other. Uh, coming in and out of the house, going to gigs and stuff. And we recorded this at like 11.30 in the evening on Saturday, this past Saturday. And even though you can hear the tiredness in both of our voices, uh, it was very, very insightful. I mean, there are things that a lot of it, you know, I, I knew or thought I knew. And it was just fun to kind of sit down and dig deep, especially into... Um how Kaylin got adopted, to her scoliosis, to how we met and all of those things. And I hope you enjoy this is this is the most uh fun interview I've done so far. I hope you enjoy it. Here's Caitlin. babe. Hi. Hi. So thank you for doing this. And thank you for doing this again. And I say again because we're actually recording this Monday morning, the day that it goes out. Uh, It's 10 a.m. And the reason why we're recording it again is because we recorded this late Saturday night and the project file crashed. So... Just because I am a man of my word, and I do want to get this out as promised, uh, we're recording this in one take. I'm not editing it. What you hear in the next hour is what you're going to get. The so, real in the raw. Are you ready, babe?
1: As ready as I'll be.
0: Okay, so I, as I was going through the list of people that I wanted to talk to, it only made sense to have you on the show because you have one of the craziest stories I've ever heard, and I love you so much because you are such a badass uh, for going through all that you've gone through in your life. Um, I want to start chronologically because one thing that a lot of people don't know um, in first meeting you is that you're full Chinese, because you were adopted from China. Correct. So you were you were um 15
1: months Do around that, there. Right? Yeah. I don't even know. I don't really remember <laughs> a lot.
0: Because there was a there was a whole interesting story about like the the Chinese adopting system and the you might not, you don't really know when your birthday was and yeah, your actual birthday is, like, arbitrary <laughs> and they just made up a date. What What is that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, there's, my adoption story is interesting, but um, long story short is that I guess they lost my birth certificate or something like that, and so they ended up just picking a random date on the calendar, and that's my birthday, everybody.
0: So... So they they pick the they pick the day, mm-hmm. because they had looked at your like growth. I think so. Right, and they're like again. Oh, I
1: really don't know. Oh, she
0: she must be like over a year. So we will just pick this arbitrary that day. That kind
1: of tracks back.
0: This, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, just a heads up. Um, because we're rushing this. Uh apologies if the quality's not as good we're still recording with microphones and all that good stuff but we're in our house and our house is a studio loft that echoes a lot and uh we're up against the window up against the street so if you hear all those things i apologize uh in advance anyway getting back into it so you you moved here right after adoption so mm-hmm. um how how was the growing up, uh, if if you can remember it all, uh, growing up as a full Chinese, like full adopted from China, baby here in Hawaii. How was that? Did you adjust well to your parents? Like I've heard stories, which is why I'm bringing it up.
1: Stories of me or stories yeah, of stories. other kids being adopted? No, so
0: no stories of you like having. Like, there were things of, like, you couldn't sit up because you,
1: you were oh, a baby yeah. and you
0: were always lying down. Yeah. and
1: I was behind developmentally.
0: So was that, as you, as you became older, did you f- feel any of that, like, late um, development kind of catch up to you? Or did it not really affect you at all?
1: Um, I don't think it affected me that greatly because my, my parents did their best to try and get me where I was supposed to be. And actually, yeah. what my mom told me was that my grandma would actually like massage me every day because my body was so weak and just like not where it was supposed to be. And my grandma did a lot to help me further my development as well. And this is when I was, again, like Mm -hmm. 15 months-ish.
0: Yeah, and and you'll see a recurring theme of this podcast in that her parents are MVPs of life. So you went through adoption. you Mm -hmm. You started kindergarten at a public school.
1: Like preschool, kindergarten.
0: Yeah, and then you got homeschooled after that.
1: Yes, I was homeschooled from first grade. All the way through high school.
0: How is that? Because I always... I loved it. You know that I always wanted to be homeschooled.
1: That's because you came from a very large private school that had like 600 students.
0: 450, but who's really counting? I thought it was 600. It's a lot. That's the point of this story is that like Kaylin's graduating class, her senior year, had 20 kids. The senior year of 2014 at Kamehameha had... Over four hundred fifty kids. Yeah. The whole
1: No, I loved being <laughs> I loved being homeschooled though.
0: Getting your diploma took four hours. Uh, oh me.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I guess my ceremony was kinda long too, but
0: but the twenty
1: students compared to your amount. Fair. Yeah.
0: Fair. So yeah. you 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 graduated from Christian Education Institute.
1: Yes, yeah, CEI. Is that what that sounds for? Mm-hmm.
0: And, which, which is basically just a network of homeschoolers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that uh, in, they offered classes, like certain they offered classes. certain classes yeah. that parents couldn't teach, like so
1: biology and chemistry.
0: Yeah. So even though, even though your mom could teach you math and writing and reading, mm-hmm. your mom would take you to school. And school was like somebody's house. Somebody's house. Yeah. A week and for
1: like three hours, though, at a time. And then
0: they teach you how to dissect a frog.
1: Yeah, that was not my most favorite moment <laughs> in homeschooling.
0: Yeah. You,
1: actually, homeschooling, too. Um, in my early, earlier days of being homeschooled, my mom was my sole teacher. But uh-huh. as I kind of went further in middle school, high school, I was actually mainly self taught. Because we would do programs online.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but... No, I... Sorry, I, I, I bring up the... Uh, the the frog story. Because another fun fact about Kaylin is that Kaylin doesn't eat meat. So I can only imagine how difficult it was for you to... Oh, yeah.
1: I didn't even want to... We had to catch our own frogs. Yeah. Okay, was kinda first gross. of all. And so I had two of my friends catch it for us there was like my sister and I and some other students and we're like we are not catching our own wild frog so we had someone Awful. else do it
0: yeah so okay so it was gross how, how do you feel like you benefited from the homeschooling system
1: oh that's a good question hun well I enjoyed being homeschooled even though some people thought it was weird and even now like oh you're ho- you were homeschooled like what was that like so I get that question a lot mm-hmm For me, though, um, I just like the flexibility of being able to travel with my family to be able to do extracurricular activities and not have to be on such a tight schedule doing school every day between Uh a certain time. You know, like if I was tired and I wanted to take a break and eat, like my parents would let me and then we would just revisit school, you know, at nighttime or whenever it would be.
0: Yeah, because one of the interesting things about going to Kamehameha, at least for my parents, was that the school was the priority, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I didn't get my first job until after I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't start driving until a month and a half before I graduated. I'd never had a summer job Um
1: Really? I didn't know that.
0: I never I never had a summer job. The first time I ever got a what are those W2s, right? From employers. Yeah. The first time I ever got one of those, I was 19 years old. Oh. The first time I ever got one. So
1: it was after you graduated
0: then. Yeah. And it it was the it was the job that Kaylin got me. <laughs> Kaylin got me a job because she was Working at a restaurant in Hawaii Kai, and they were looking for... She signed on as a server, and they were looking for bussers, so she gave me the interview.
1: Yeah.
0: So we were working at the... That job was s-
1: kind of jank, though. Yeah, it
0: was... Uh, that was, yeah. Yeah. So So after the... Well, even through homeschooling, mm-hmm. we met... well. I was a sophomore in high school. You were you're, a junior cuz you're you graduated yes. a year before me. Yes. I did. And we we met because of two people mm-hmm. who we won't name drop them, but they knew they know who they are. So the the long story short is that at the time this is 2011 your best friend was dating my best friend.
1: At the time. At
0: the time. Mm-hmm. They're not together anymore. But um, your friend was dating my friend. And we each, unknowing about the other, got invited to like a hang. Yeah. At Alamoana.
1: A casual hang. Let's all have lunch together.
0: Yeah. Let's all go run around reckless at Ala Moana playing a scavenger hunt in the mall.
1: I don't remember that part because sure. we did too. We did. Uh, I know
0: we did Pearl Ridge.
1: No, I wasn't there then. Sorry. No, I so
0: I remember doing Pearl Ridge because there was this whole thing about Uptown Girl and blah blah blah. Because at the time, it, you know, Pearl Ridge is Uptown and downtown. downtown. Anyway, all that to say, so we're we're at this hang at Ala and I remember. Just not being into it, not having friends there besides same. Besides the guy that brought me that didn't even spend time with me because he's with his girl. And I remember waiting outside of Forever 21 and you come out from the store.
1: I did not like being in that store. It was like too chaotic. <laughs> there was like people everywhere. I was like, nope, this is not for me.
0: So we started talking, not knowing that we've met each other before. Like when I when I started talking to you that day, I didn't know mm. that I've already met you and I've already known you.
1: Really? Because I remembered who you were. I was like, "Oh, this kid—he grew."
0: He grew. <laughs> he,
1: grew. <laughs> he grew. He's a lot he's, taller he's, than I remember. Yeah,
0: he's not fat and sad. Well, he's just less sad. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Um. So. So. This is outside of Forever Twenty One, but, but like the old Forever Twenty One, yeah. where like Zoomies. The
1: old location.
0: Zoomies is there it's now. That, yeah? It's on that. It's that. That little area. It's like next to it. Yeah. Across from what is that? Honolulu Coffee Company. Yeah. Godiva.
1: Over there. Skechers.
0: If you know, you know. But, so, I don't know if I got your number then.
1: I can't. I really don't remember. How but how I, I is...
0: remember. I remember talking for a couple of months after that.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And we must have gotten it. We must have exchanged numbers.
0: Yeah. Then. I don't know. And we started doing a couple more hangs. And it was it was when your mom re-met my mom mm-hmm. that all the pieces kind of fell into place. Because it was yeah. after that that we realized, like, oh, I knew Kaylin when I was 9 or 10 years old. Yeah. Because we were in the dance ministry together mm-hmm. at... New hope, and I had you were already a part of the dance ministry, mm-hmm. and then I joined with my younger sister. And then six months after, you got sick of me and you left. No, um, that's not true, guys. No, six months after, you moved churches,
1: mm-hmm. and I it, I did.
0: your family moved churches to a church closer to your home, and I went. We went seven-ish years without really interacting. And my memory sucks. So... Mine too. If we did interact in those seven years, I don't remember. I don't, yeah. I don't recall anything. Uh, so we started talking and then it was like... It was February-ish where I asked you out. And I asked you like if you wanted to be my girlfriend oh yeah and that was interesting and i remember this because this shows how desperate i was uh because i had asked you and you said
1: i believe i told you can you give me a few days to think about it
0: yeah and oh this is and so what embarrassing do you give me?
1: I, mean, I know <laughs> Do you it. gave me less than 24 hours oh, to make God. up my mind.
0: Oh, God. Oh. Yep. Ill. I can't believe I did that.
1: I know. I don't know why. But. Just oh, well. Sad
0: and desperate. And so. So we had talked to our parents about mm-hmm. it. You talked to your, your mom and dad. I talked to my mom and dad. And. They had two very different um Response. advice yeah. pieces of advice what What did your mom advise you while we were together? Oh man, or not I while we really were together, remember. but what did your mom like advise you when you had asked them to like that oh, I think I'm gonna date evan what did she uh, what did she tell you
1: yeah so i I went to my parents and I was like, hey mom dad like I wanna." pursue a relationship with this person, I think he's really cool, blah, blah, blah. And I don't really remember what my parents said to me after that. They were open to it, they were they were fine with it. They definitely wanted to meet you in person though, even though they kind of knew of you, because when I mentioned like, oh, this guy like was in dance ministry when we were like little babies, so, yeah, I don't really remember what they said specifically.
0: But but they gave you pretty... Solid advice. Solid advice. Yeah. and you know,
1: They wanted to make sure that this person that I w- was interested in and wanted to pursue a relationship with was a kind person and had good motives and a good family. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, my my dad said something along the lines your, of...
1: Your parents were a different story. Just, don't <laughs> just put it out there. My...
0: My my mom was great, but my my dad. I remember my dad's advice being something along the lines of "cool, just don't get her pregnant," and mm-hmm. I carry that with me to this day. You <laughs> do? <laughs> no. Um, but uh, but yeah. So we we started dating. Actually, before that, I want to touch on. Um, I'm gonna say that this sealed the deal. Um, I wrote Princess. And I played it for you on my grandmother's classical guitar through FaceTime. I played it for you and your parents, and it was sad. Like my voice and my playing was sad. Sad.
1: <laughs> we can laugh about it there's, now. There's,
0: shout out to Okai Kekoa for putting up with me putting like getting a demo. Of that produced, I think I'm gonna put it on the next record. Cause why not? I thought
1: you weren't. You're like, nah. This is this is a past life. It doesn't represent who I am
0: now. <sighs> we'll see. I that song still slaps. Uh, but yeah, that was the that was the first full song I really wrote, and I remember playing it for you, and then I had asked you to be my girlfriend
1: gave me less than
0: 24 hours yeah we'll move past that and we ended up uh you eventually said yes Mm -hmm. but i wanted to ask you in person Mm -hmm. because i didn't feel like asking over the phone or asking through like facetime was a proper ask
1: Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so we met in person so that you could ask me again.
0: So we were going to meet up with our friends, our friends that were dating, but we got there like a little earlier. We did. We got there before they did so that I could ask you.
1: Oh, yes.
0: And (laughs) I remember we told, uh, after you had said yes in person and all that good stuff, we told our friends and and i think they were celebrating like a month anniversary or something yeah i don't know what it was
1: something
0: but it ended up being it ended it ended up not going over well because it's like this is my time and uh it's my moment, it's my moment. and uh but that was that was February twenty twelve when we first started dating.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And long time ago. A great long time ago. And you know, there there are two. Uh I'll say there are three phases of our relationship. Mm-hmm. There was when we started dating to when I graduated. There was when I graduated to when we got married. Mm-hmm. And then actually I'll, I'll I'll add one at the end or one right here. There was when we got married to when retrograde came out and then there was post retrograde. So there were four different like seasons, big, big seasons of our relationship. And mm-hmm. the 2012 to 2014 was still just kind of like figuring out how to make this whole thing work because we lived on two opposite sides of the island. And, I remember, I want to say it was also 2012, I had come over to your church to see you do a dance special Mm -hmm. with two of your friends, and I got co- I'm going to stand by this and say that I was coerced into going. I did not want to go. I knew it was a bad idea, and it was a bad idea. (laughs) I got dragged into your youth worship service, or your youth- Ministry service. Yeah. And this is like right after everyone kind of found out that you had a boyfriend. Yeah. And that your boyfriend was coming to see you. Yeah. It was a whole thing.
1: Yeah. Everyone just looking at us like what the F is going on Yeah,
0: Just who is this odd-shaped weirdo? Sure. (laughs) And so I, I remember getting hazed that time. And... I remember getting hazed and then the hazing immediately stopped when they found out what I did. Cause at the time I was a, I was a youth worship leader. Mm -hmm. So all the hazing, all the hazing, all the hazing. They're like, so where'd you come from? And then I gave, I told them what church I came from and they're like, Oh, what do you do? It's like, Oh, I'm a worship leader. They're like, Oh, would you like to be our worship leader? Pretty much.
1: Pretty much that's how it pretty much that's
0: how it went down. And I I ended up joining your church community
1: shortly after.
0: In Hawaii Kai while still living in Eva. So for a good year and a half, if not two years.
1: Yeah. Lots of driving happened.
0: Lots of driving. And and in the beginning neither of us drove.
1: Beginning of our of our relationship, yeah. None, I don't think
0: so. you had your permit when yeah. we first started dating, but That's you, right. but you didn't have your license, correct? So your mom, again, second account of your mom being an MVP, yeah. would drive me, would pick me up from school because I couldn't catch the Kamehameha school bus to Hawaii Kai mm-hmm. through the traffic to get to either worship practice or youth ministry service or whatever. Yeah. After that was done, especially on the night ones, she would drive me to Eva and then get home at like eleven or twelve in the in the morning. Eleven PM or twelve AM.
1: Yeah. yeah. Something like that. It was nuts. And that, that was that was a that good couple it, you know. years.
0: Yeah. The things you do for love. Dear God. And <laughs> but you but you started driving. Mm-hmm. And you took on a lot of that responsibility of like picking me up, taking me to school, all that stuff. And I say taking me to school because when your mom wasn't with you to take me to Eva, she didn't want you to go, especially come home from coming home from Eva that late at night by herself.
1: Well, at least in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. After I got my license, she was fine with it.
0: Yeah. So. There were a couple times where we ended so late I just crashed crashed at your house and it was a whole it it was the beginning of uh an option that I never knew I needed
1: mm-hmm.
0: foreshadowing the next part of this talk but it was also it was also a big Issue for people also foreshadowing something we're gonna talk about later. Oh. So so after I graduated, um I I I forget the story that actually happened. I either ran away because I was scared for my life or I got kicked out. Either way, I had to leave my house very abruptly.
1: One or the other or both.
0: It's one or the other or a combination of both, which resulted in me kind of moving out pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And that's moving out without a place to go run or move to. Yeah. So I had no plan. It was just like, you know, I'm, I'm leaving today. And because I didn't have a place to go, and because there was like life-threatening things in play, I moved in with you because nobody in my family really knew where you lived.
1: Oh, didn't know that.
0: Yeah, and there were there were a couple options, but I, I'm. I felt safest at your house because nobody knew where you lived. Like nobody knew your address.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I moved in in like September 2014. And then I started gigging right after. Just an out of the blue Facebook message from Kelana. Just, hey, can you play today? And just like that, I started gigging. But when I moved out, I had my license at this point, but no car. So you were driving me to my gigs. Like, you were driving me to Waikiki. You were driving me to Ko'olina. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing at Monkey Pod for five years. Yeah. November makes five years, and uh, and you were driving me to those gigs weekly until I got my own car,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I love you for. And uh, and when when the church that at by this point we're both I'll say working for because there were a lot of obligations. Involved so, at by this point, I moved out. I'm living in Hawaii Kaya now, and the church that we were both working for found out that I was living with you. Mm-hmm. And credit to them, and credit to their kupuna ministry, their their elderly ministry. Their two of their leaders lived around the corner.
1: And opened up their home to you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For over a year. And a beautiful house up on the ridge that I got to live in rent-free while I went to school and worked for the church. And it was still pretty convenient because I still didn't have my own car at this point. So you were still picking me up. And then when I I got a job in Waikiki thanks to my auntie after my grandma found out that I quit uh, the restaurant job that we both had and I got a car Mm -hmm. out of that, like she helped me find a car. So I finally had a car and I was driving myself this old ass Pontiac car and we were driving to school together because we were both going to Bible college and. All that good stuff. And then we we got engaged in what is February 2015? Because we went a full year of being engaged. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And and, uh, we got engaged and then spent a year kind of planning things out, getting life situated
1: and at then least trying. Al-
0: trying our best <laughs> and uh, and then we got married in 2016 when we were 20 years old.
1: Yeah.
0: Um how was how did your parents take getting married at that age?
1: Mm, I mean, they were supportive of it. However, like especially my dad just wanted to make sure that we had certain things in place, you know, that we weren't just going into this blindsided. Yeah. In and a sense.
0: No, absolutely. That that totally makes sense. Like your parents are very um traditional. Like they were like, you know, Ev needs to be working to provide for you guys and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, you guys need to be able to do this, 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 and this and and take care of all your obligations that you're now taking on. And when we got married at 20, I had, I had moved out of your house around the corner and then just straight back here after we got married.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, all of this time while this is going on, your dad designed this beautiful loft that we're living in to be a dance studio for you. For For those of you that have been to our house, there's a 30-foot stretch of mirror and closet that we're sitting across from right now, and there's like a Murphy bed and all this stuff, and the floor's meant to be completely clear to do dance rehearsals, because you were working for the church as their youth dance facilitator we'll say i don't know what the proper title was but you were in charge of the youth dance ministry and when we got married we we left that church mm-hmm. well we we made the decision mm-hmm. to Just step down, down yeah. from our positions. leadership positions to kind of Focus on our marriage, and we ended up not going back correct that that is the that is the actual story and so this space was designed as a dance studio, but post mar post marriage ceremony has only been used as a dance studio less than a handful of times, which I love um I love the the open space, and it's a huge loft, and I'm super grateful um do you miss teaching dance?
1: sometimes, not all the time, um but thinking back that like that was such a huge part of my life, like investing everything that I had into the church and into the dance ministry, yeah was a lot, and I think now that where I am in my life, you know, obviously now I have different interests and passions and, you know, life just kind of goes. Yeah. Um, in a sense, I'm just, I'm super grateful for all the opportunities that I had and everything that I learned through that and how much I grew and whatnot. But now, you know, I think just where we are in our life, I don't think I could be if I went back. I don't think I could be doing it right now.
0: Yeah, because that—that was a whole thing. Like even for me, when we got um, married, I stopped leading worship for a long time, and only recently started getting back into it. And this is three and a half years into being yeah. married.
1: But it's not—it's nothing compared to the high capacity that both of us were. Yeah, doing.
0: So let, let's let say in a perfect world, if you, let's say, let's say the youth dance ministry that you were in charge of mm-hmm. was not directly associated with the church that you were working for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would you have, would you have, if you could have kept the dance ministry going, even though you left that church, would you have still kept the dance ministry going?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I don't know. I think I... I think part of me would want to, but another part would be like, okay, maybe this is like a chapter closing and I should be doing something else if that answers your question.
0: Yeah, because like even... We've been through a couple of churches... Since getting married and been through, like, I got a job offer to work for a church. And then that became too, like, the that became crazy. And we were kind of still trying to figure out where we fit in it. But you've never found a ministry that you could put as much, um effort into as you or energy into as you did before and this might get touchy um, now mm-hmm. given everything like nothing changing between then and now if a if somebody came up to you and said Kaylin we want you to be our dance ministry leader because we know you've done it before. Mm-hmm. But we're asking a lot of you, would you take it?
1: I think I would ask clarifying questions instead of just jumping into whatever it is that they needed me to do. Uh huh. Because now I have a better, a better, like, sense of direction or you know how things should be you know that we're all human and we all make mistakes and you know we're all of course shoot, I lost my train of thought
0: no but I, I, complete, I like, completely understand what you mean
1: you know obviously capable that's the word of doing whatever it is that's asked of us. And, you know, if we didn't operate in those giftings, then obviously people wouldn't be asking us Mm -hmm. to serve or whatever. But it's just having those boundaries for myself and, you know, taking into consideration what's important to me right now and um, really, like, kind of processing through all of that.
0: Okay. I'll take that answer. Um, And... So that was up until we got married and then the last there there was like a lot of ups and downs and ups ups and downs and that you know we were still at least for me I was still trying to figure it out because I I had trust issues for a while. So you know I got I kind of had my whole life be put on blast by somebody at an old church and funny enough i did i did an event out at um out on the east side a couple of weeks ago and i saw this person that i'll say burned me
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and i got so upset like i got so angry immediately the minute i was done at the event i left that's how upset i still am at this person yeah and left a scar no yeah open wound
1: open wound
0: and uh but yeah i i got so upset like i saw him standing there with a bunch of like youth kids youth kid like youth ministry kids and i immediately got angry like i'm on stage performing and i see him and i'm just like the minute this is done i'm leaving i don't want to be here and that kind of the, – the long story was that he was my mentor and asked if he could be. And I said yes. And then I gave – like I kind of spilled some tea with him and said, this is what's going on. Um, And he went and tried to remedy the situation without me knowing about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I said I had an issue with somebody. And he went – my mentor went to this guy and said, hey – Evan said he has an issue with you. This is the issue. Let's sit down and talk about it. And that's not something I asked him to do. So I I got in trouble because the other person in this situation was deemed her uh, – it, it was a her. Her role was more – important than mine so i got asked to leave and from there i haven't taken like even when we were working for our churches i was very hesitant to take on a a faith-based mentor because even, even to this happened. day. And that situation happened before we even started dating. So this is like 2010, 2011. And almost 10 years later and it still bothers me. Like that's how sensitive I am about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was, it was difficult to really open it up and take all of these things and i i love you so much for this and i said it in the first pass and i remember to say it now that you know i with all of that trust issues mom passing away very bad family dynamic bullied at school suicide depression blah 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 the, the, there's a list
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: The fact that, I well, I commend you so much and I love you so much as I try not to get emotional because I came into this relationship with baggage and not knowing how to deal with it and you helped me deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I love you for that. And I... You had mentioned it um when we were recording on Saturday, but I I have a I have a point in the debate of what some people call um what is it? Capstone versus cornerstone. I think that's what it is. Some some people believe that, you know, you gotta get all of yourself done first. Before you enter a relationship, relationship. but I am of the belief and I'm because I went through it for me, although it is case by case, I will say Mm -hmm. for me, I'm grateful that I started my relationship and worked with you to make myself and as a byproduct us better. Because I feel like even though, like, there have been a couple times where we've full-blown, like, argued and fought, verbally fought. We, You've been able to help me get through things that I couldn't get through on my own. Because... Because everything that we do to better ourselves makes any relationship that we're in better. And, like, I fully believe that. But, uh... So, after we got married, that's where, like, our real... I'm gonna bring it up just because I... It's happened and I can't get rid of it. After... After we, um, after we got married, I got into a really bad car accident.
1: Oh, we're bringing that up.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I won't go into the details because I don't think I can.
1: Yeah, well, but we'll, we'll save that for another podcast, but, everyone. But
0: the, but the long story short is that I got into a really bad car accident, and. And you, my car accident happened at like three in the morning, four in the morning. I totaled my car and you had to come pick me up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And it was an uphill battle from the,
1: from, for, that moment. from
0: that moment for like two full years. Yeah. And... For those of you that know the real story, like you'll, you'll pick up on the, the, where the details sit, but I, for sake of keeping the other people that are involved in this uh, anonymous, I'm not going to go into the crazy details. Yeah. But the gist of it is that I totaled my car, and because my car was a business lease, because I was using it for my music business... I had to get it fixed. Now, while all of this happened.
1: We're like newly I was, married too. This we is, were
0: newly married. We were l- six months no, into.
1: J- July, hun. So it was like we got married in February. Five
0: months, four and a half months, and five, this five months. happened
1: in July, yeah.
0: Into getting married. So we're newlyweds. And I, I was irresponsible. I will take that. There was no insurance on my car at the time of me getting into the accident. The insurance lapsed. So because I had to get the car fixed because it was a lease, blah, 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 blah. I owed like 20 – no, maybe like $15,000 on the car.
1: Something like that.
0: Something like that. And that was like the lowest – that whole situation I think was the – Lowest but also biggest growing experience from our relationship because that was really like, yeah, what am I, how far am I willing to go to help Ev be better from this? And it's like two years later, like only recently, like we've, I'll say, celebrated. Oh gosh, the fact that all of the like. Loan payments that we had to do for that whole situation was done. Yeah. And that to me showed that like even though I messed up pretty bad um, it was an eye-opener for me to to see how in it, you were with me. Like, you could have easily just been like, you know, that's your problem. I'm not going to help you. But the fact that you and your mom went to the bank to take out loans to help me pay for my mistake, um, I'm trying not to get emotional. But it, for me, that, that shows the willingness that you're, or the depths that you're willing to go to 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 help me because you love me, I'll say I'm projecting probably, but um
1: I think it w- it would have been a a different story if this happened before we got married versus after,
0: yeah, <laughs> uh yeah, fair, fair, yeah. um, so we got married, went through that whole thing, and then uh you were working and like at a at a regular day job um mm-hmm. and then just recently you started phasing out well actually it was about a year and a half ago today you stopped you left your your day job and you just started doing home business self-employed stuff cuz it was like July of last year, when you came to New York with me,
1: it last like, year?
0: yeah, you, I think so. You quit your job
1: the year before that
0: because they wouldn't give you the time off to come with me. And then you did, and then you no, you actually took another job that only lasted a couple of months because they also wouldn't let you take time off to come with me to L.A.
1: I don't remember that. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. I thought it was, I know for sure it was, like, before that New York trip. Yeah. Because I was working in Waikiki for only, like, five months at this particular job. Yeah. And then I think from there, yeah, I just kind of stopped.
0: Yeah. So. I was like, oh, I want to do something else. With and then, life. which I love because now you're able to travel with me and come on tour and all this stuff. And everyone, when you're able to come on a tour, everyone loves it. Like, I'm gonna go on the record and say that my friends love you more than they love me.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: I'm gonna get texts and they're like, no, we do. We uh. love Kaylin more. <laughs> um and uh But uh all all of all of this time from the from uh you know, us working in the church together, and now we're doing, like, my music stuff, other people's music stuff. The common thread was that we were always working together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you feel like the – do you like the idea that we're both in the creative world, but you together. come from a dance background, I come from a music background? So there is some Yet overlap. Separate. Yeah, but it's, like it's together, separate.
1: But we have our own separate things going on. How
0: how do you feel? How do you feel about the idea of couples working together?
1: Oh, I love that idea. Um, there's there's actually a a few different couples that I follow on Instagram, and they're both both parties are working together, and it's really really what oh okay um what was i saying darn it
0: there Uh, are a couple oh yeah there's like there's there's
1: a couple people that i follow who happen to be married and they're both like working in the same field and like with their own company so it's really cool to see that
0: sorry that what was me trying to motion to caitlin to keep the microphone in front of her mouth Uh, um but uh,
1: I don't know. I just answered that question kind of janky.
0: No, no, no. I I, th- I, think.
1: It definitely takes work, though. Like, it's not easy.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard for us to leave work and home separate when, you know, you have an office desk over there. I have my studio desk over there. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times I wake up, I walk 20 feet. To, the, uh, to the, the studio desk and I'm putting on headphones trying to work while you're still sleeping and then you're over there doing, you know, your home business stuff while, we're over, while I'm over there just trying to work because you're working. It's a balance, everybody. It's a that's, balance. That's what we're
1: trying to get at here.
0: <laughs> um, what, what is the hardest thing that you – what is the most difficult thing for you to schedule? personally like Mm. i'm trying to give you i'm trying to send you the answer in my brain
1: what like in
0: in your schedule of like i have to work i have to do this what is the one thing that kind of not at the bottom of the list but is if you had a full schedule Mm -hmm. of like personal time and um
1: business time business
0: time And somebody says, hey, Kaylin, we need you at this meeting tomorrow. Yeah. And you can't miss it. Um, Or we need you to do this project tomorrow. What is the first thing in your schedule that gets pulled to make space for that?
1: Oh. I think for myself it's just intentionality and, like, really looking at my schedule you see where I could be a little bit more flexible or a little bit more giving, depending on what the need is, or the task that I uh-huh. need to do. Yeah. I don't. I. I wouldn't say that anything has to like get booted off my schedule. If anything, okay. It just everything gets slightly shifted around. Yeah. Or I just. For me, I'm a little bit more of a night owl than like early morning riser, but. I've done projects or had assignments that were due, and so staying up later was something that just worked for me. Versus
0: you'd rather do it you'd rather stay up later and get it done than wake up earlier and get it done. Correct. Is that fair to say? Something okay. like
1: that. Yeah, along those lines. Okay,
0: that's fine. Um, there's one more thing I want to talk to you about about you, and then we'll talk about like the relationship stuff because I. I have a couple of relationship questions that I want to ask you. Um,
1: okay.
0: I want to talk about your scoliosis.
1: Oh, boy. All right. So if you... This is long, guys.
0: We'll, this we'll, is a we'll, long
1: story. We'll,
0: we'll keep it... We'll try to condense it, though. We'll keep it as concise as we can. But if you've met Kaylin, she has this scar going from the bottom of her neck to, like, her tailbone. And when she was, like, 15 or something, right... 15 mm, around.
1: No, a little bit younger.
0: But 15 is when you had the surgery.
1: I don't know. it was back in 2010.
0: Yeah, so it was like
1: nine years ago. Yeah,
0: that's 15.
1: Really? Okay, maybe maybe it was earlier than that. I don't know.
0: So so, so you that. so you had scoliosis from an early age and it was like a whole four year um four year battle to actually from like finding out you had it to different kinds of braces and then your spine got to the point where it needed to be surgically corrected in a nutshell how was that um how was that process for you and your family cuz i know you had said like you had to fly to california a lot mm-hmm. cuz the doctors. The type of brace that I was having. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That I had.
0: How was that? How was that season in a nutshell for you and your family?
1: Yeah. Um. Great question. Um. Keeping this as short as possible. So, for those of you that don't know, scoliosis is deformity or curvature of the spine. Yeah. Um. And it's more common in females than males so if you like look up scoliosis and testimonies and things like that you'll find that more younger girls have had it than younger boys Um, and it happens between ish the range of like 14 years old 13 years old all the way to like your young 20s like that's kind of what the age gap of what these doctors are finding because that's when you grow the most. Like, that's your growth spurt. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened to me. I was about probably, I think I was 13 years old, maybe, around there, that my mom noticed that something looked a little off when she, like, looked at me. Went to the doctor, found out that I had scoliosis. My family and I looked at our options. And we went with these two doctors in the mainland that specialized in this type of brace that, no other doctor was doing at the moment. I don't, I'm not sure what, what's happening now, but um, at the time, these two doctors were specializing in this soft brace, and so that required my family and I to travel or to go up to California every three to four months to get my brace adjusted. It worked for a little bit, kind of improved my curve, because at the time, I only had one curve, but one curve turned to two curves in a backwards S, And then the two curves started turning into a rotating spine. So on top of it shifting and curving, it was also rotating. And that's when I got to a very intense stage of my scoliosis journey. And so we stopped with the soft brace after about a year-ish because it just wasn't working for me anymore um we came back home and again looked at our options and then we went with shriners hospital and i had a hard cast like plastic body brace for about 3 years and, 2 and, to 3 years and
0: the brace after the brace the hard brace more so wasn't to correct anything it was just to stop hold it from it. getting worse
1: yeah it was just to like hold my spine in place so i wore that brace for 23 hours a day for about three years, I think, two and a half oh to three years. God. Um, and then, anyways, good from Lord. there, a Shriners Hospital is like amazing, by the way. Like, they take yeah. such good care of their patients.
0: There's a, there's a photo of you in there.
1: Oh, I don't know. Surprise.
0: No, I'm I telling don't think you. So. No, I, I went once to do a function.
1: Ill. Why? And is there a photo of me there?
0: There's a there's a testimonial Gross. photo of you in the hallways. Anyway, proceed.
1: No. Okay, we're getting off topic here. So what was I saying? Yeah, so we I wore this hard plastic body brace that went from, like, right under my arms all the way down to, like, the side of my hips. Um, and it held my, my curve in for about two-ish years, two and a half years. And then when it started rotating and nothing really exceeded from that the then the doctor was like okay so you can try and get off this brace and just see what happens but i would hate for you to be suffering in the long in the long run yeah and they made the reference of like those older ladies that you see hunched over and just stuck like that so i didn't want to be like that so that's when they strongly advised my family and i to proceed with the surgery
0: yeah because the surgery gets more it's, complicated as you get as, older.
1: Yes. It, it's it's harder, as they say, when your body is older, just like the recovery time and all that stuff.
0: So so you did the surgery yep, here. So my,
1: yep. My family and I, we went through with the surgery at Shriners Hospital here in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. It was a nine hours, nine and a half or nine hour surgery. Good and God. because it's a spinal fusion, I have like titanium rods in my back, nuts and bolts and all that stuff. And because it's a spinal, f- because it was a spinal fusion, it's one of the most um, prestige operations that can be done because it's dealing with your spine. Yeah. So a lot of.
0: It's a big deal if somebody does happen. it. Yeah. Yes.
1: And so we were lucky enough to have an amazing doctor that actually I was one of her last patients before she furthered her career and she moved to the mainland. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you did the surgery,
1: and, and like, it, it was about a year after of recovery. Like it wasn't until like a full year that I could uh, resume to my everyday activities or you know simple things as going on a roller coaster. I had to wait a year until I could go back on a roller coaster. I mean, I don't really like those. You now. don't like them anyway. I get, I get sick, but um, yeah, we, any type of like jarring movement. Yeah horseback riding, even though I don't do that. I was like banned from doing that. And even now too, they, they advise me not to do anything high impact. So like jumping out of a plane is a no, no.
0: Yeah. We got the offer to, to go um, skydiving, skydiving. Can't do that guys. And I was so excited, but Caitlin was like, I can't do it. I was like,
1: I told you you could go.
0: I didn't want to do it by myself. I'm not that crazy. Uh, so you did the, so you did the surgery, and I didn't realize that it was. It was like, under two years, in between when you had the surgery and when. We started dating.
1: Yeah, I feel like I have this timeline wrong, because. I don't know. I don't remember being like fifteen having the surgery. I was like definitely younger. So I don't know, I'm gonna have to ask my parents when I had the surgery. But it was
0: like it was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Something right? like that, eight or
1: nine, I don't know. Yeah.
0: yeah. But you you were you were a young teen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The doctors wanted to wait till I was kind of done growing, because obviously fusing your spine, you can't grow anymore. So mm. yeah.
0: But they but even with the spinal fusion, you're still one of the most like elegant and graceful dancers. I know. And your doctor is amazing because I remember you telling me that she found out that you were a dancer. Mm-hmm. So she didn't fuse your spine all the way down to all the, the way tailbone. Way
1: yeah, she left the last two or three vertebrae un- unfused so that I could return to dancing hula.
0: That's amazing. And and even with the scoliosis you still came through it still pursued dancing and with all this stuff and it's still the like and when i say dance she was like doing all the like contemporary like bendy flowy stuff which a girl with titanium rods and spinal fusion should not be able to do yeah and yet every time you do it i cry Because I know that backstory of When I did it.
1: Yeah. When I... I don't do it anymore, guys. I'm getting old here.
0: (laughs) But, uh... It's such an amazing story to see where you came from. You know, the... Being adopted and... Having to overcome, like, your... Your brain... Well, your brain's... Wiring patterns of, like... Uh... No, I like I like lying down. I don't like being touched. I don't like doing this.
1: What are we talking about?
0: You. And like when Sorry, you were a baby. I just
1: completely like phased out for a second.
0: And uh
1: oh, okay, so we're going into this the second thing.
0: No, but it it was just it it's so amazing to see how far you've come through being adopted, through your scoliosis to putting up with my ass for years, like going on eight years. And you are a badass and I love you so much. Um, before we call it a day, and I have to upload this in half an hour, um, I have some relationship questions for you.
1: Oh boy, all right. Just because people
0: ask me this. Really? And I'm excited to see what your responses if you're ready yes mm-hmm. okay what is the question that you get asked the most
1: pertaining to our relationship yeah oh well it's two-part answer okay so whenever i run into people they're always like hi how are you and evan Or they'll ask, are you still married? And then the follow-up question is, do you guys have any kids yet? Are you pregnant? I'm like, oh, God, no. You should see the eye
0: roll I'm giving.
1: That seems to be, like, the number one question question is, do you have any kids? Do you plan on having any kids? When do you guys, like, want to have kids? And I'm like, never.
0: The the question that I get is, like, you guys don't have kids, right?
1: Oh, really? You get the...
0: I, the, no I I get
1: they're the They're trying to confirm but not
0: They they're trying to they're trying to justify they're like oh they got married at 20 because they were pregnant. Like that's that's the that's underlying that's thing I get not from what people. I get. Okay. But no, the kids question drives me insane. It's like no, just let let us travel. Let us live <laughs> and do cool things. There
1: seems to be that intense pressure and I don't know if it's just because we grew up in the church or it's just culture now but it's like there's such a high pressure of okay when you're dating it's like okay when are you getting married hurry up and then once you're married all right when are you guys popping out your first kid and then from there it's okay you guys had your first kid when's your second kid coming
0: i i love the
1: i'm like why is there just no stop judging us you know everyone everyone is going through something and they're gonna go at their own pace and you know some some couples i don't know they're not they're not called to have children and that's okay. You know, they want to be able to serve in a different capacity and maybe having children isn't where they want to be right now in life. And that's okay. And people got to stop judging. That's what it is.
0: Yeah. And there there was a, there was a Jim Jeffries joke. Uh, For those of you that know the comedian Jim Jeffries, he did this thing about like, I guess he and his girlfriend got pregnant kind of right after they started dating and they're like, oh, having a kid is the greatest thing in the world. It's, it's the most beautiful thing. And then, and then they actually have, don't kids. have kids. And then they're like, nope, don't. No. Do and it. then, and then, and then he he says like, oh yeah. And then we had the kid. And then he told his friends, and they went, ha, you're never gonna sleep again. <laughs> and it's it's questions like that that I'm like, I I mean, I would love to, but also.
1: We're just not in a place right now yeah. that we could fully
0: provide
1: so, for s- a child. And for me, my my view is like, you know, f- I can't fully... It's unfair to bring a child into this world and not be able to care for it yeah. properly. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I think, com- being adopted and coming from a blended family, like, that just opens my perspective or widens my perspective yeah
0: i i forgot to mention that so
1: yeah okay we're backtracking a little bit so
0: so your mom has four biological sons that are all adults and then after your mom remarried Mm -hmm. your dad Mm
1: -hmm. they decided
0: to adopt
1: yeah so they adopted me and then from there they adopted three more kids So in my immediate family, there's four of us, two parents.
0: So, but you and the sister right below you were adopted from China. Correct. And then the youngest two were adopted in the Hawaii system. Yes. Which, fun fact, for those of you that know Kaylin's sister Sammy, there's there's a thread connecting me to her. Uh, that I didn't know about until after we started dating. And it's actually through Isaac. So I, re- I remember coming home one day and your sister went, oh, that's my cousin Isaac. And I went, that's my cousin Isaac. And we had this weird moment. And then I realized that the, the, the reason or the way we got connected was that Isaac's mom, married into Sammy's family. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So Isaac and I are blood related, but Sammy and I are not because there's a, the connection is through marriage of my auntie. Mm -hmm. So that was just a little fun fact. Um, Second question. What advice would you give yourself when we started dating?
1: Oh. Huh. Like if there's something that I could do better, is that what you're asking?
0: No, I'm just saying like if you now could give yourself advice when we started dating, what would you what would you say? Oh shoot.
1: I don't know. I think the main thing would just be to be able to stand my ground better. Okay. And if something was bothering me or if there was something that I wanted to say to just speak up <laughs> instead of holding back in sure. fear of hurting you. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's the thing for people now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, that, that's a me problem. It's just,
1: well, again, it's like, what do you think about it? We were like 16. Yeah. Just like still figuring out who we are as, as people and then jumping into a, into our first relationship and then figuring all that out and family dynamics and home life and everything. Yeah.
0: Nuts. That's that's a great answer. Okay, last question. Okay. What is the best relationship advice you've been given and who gave it to you?
1: Oh, man. Well, obviously, even till now, my parents give pretty solid advice. Um, in the beginning of our relationship or maybe not maybe it was when we were thinking about getting married but your mom said three things to you that have always resonated with us yeah and those three things I mean they've been said to us by other people but something about your mom saying it to you and because of everything that we've went through and gone through has just really stuck with us. And I think anytime we're in a rough patch in our relationship, like we think back on the words of wisdom that our parents have shared with us, specifically your mom and my parents.
0: Yeah, you you had said, the, the one thing that you had said that my mom had told you was that the phrase don't go to bed angry. Mm-hmm. And I... I as cliche as that line is, for me the underlying tone is, you know, resolve things quickly. There's don't no let po- it, don't let it fester. Yeah. Don't hold it. There's no point in one not feeling safe enough in your relationship to hold on to these things that you can't deal with. And secondly, the last thing that I want to happen is for you to just bottle it up and bottle it up and bottle it up. And then finally, this one thing just, or like ex- yeah. just, a hey, babe, sorry, I forgot to do the laundry. And then the whole place explodes nice. because you're hey, holding on to these things.
1: That has nothing to I, do with the laundry, guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then you're like. Why didn't you do it? I asked you to do it. And it's like, God, this is just like three months ago when you yeah. did this. And I was like, wait, 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 wait what? Yeah. I'm, that's an example. That didn't actually Again, happen. Lot,
1: lots of lots of growing but has happened since we first started dating till now.
0: No, for sure. And I love you for that. And I think that is, you know, you are you are a goddamn superhero. And I love you for that. And thank you for doing this. And for doing it again,
1: yeah, this is our second time through it. We might have to trim it. some of the fat off here.
0: No, I'm leaving it. It's we're going live.
1: I know, but in it's forty just, minutes, this is just a very long, long episode here.
0: I mean, i I feel like, I feel like it, it was the perfect amount of time to cover your life story because there's so many things that I love about you that I wanted people to know about. So I'm glad that we took the time. And thank you for waking up early to do this. Anytime. uh, I love you. Love you too. Okay, I'll see you later.
1: Bye. Bye.